stuff. Okay, I'm here with Jamie Hansen. Hello, Jamie. Hi. She is the founder and CEO of Alioop, a company dedicated to championing and leveraging the relationship between dads and daughters to fuel girls' confidence, resilience, and power. She finds the dynamics between dads and daughters to be incredibly fascinating and more importantly, profoundly influential. Together, she believes they can change the game of gender equity and dynamics. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for having me. I'm so this excited is, to be here. This is a cool topic. I really appreciate it. You're we we were just speaking. You're in the great city of LA right now. Yes, yes. And um, how far are you from from the from the beach? From those of us in Maryland, just want to know. We're like three hours. We're actually pretty close. We're about I would say maybe ten minute drive. I mean, it we could we could bike it for sure. It would take a little longer. There's a hill, so I don't like to bike up it, but it's okay. doable. <laughs> That's pretty solid. So yes. you've um I always I told you I don't know if you've listened, maybe you haven't, maybe it's cliche. I don't know, but I do like to start from the story. Like, well, of course, we'll talk about Alioop. It's interesting. I know very little about it, and I haven't heard that term in a long time which is like a term from my childhood, I guess, of basketball. Did you just miss the NBA playoffs? They were fantastic. I'm not a sports guy. Oh, man. I it, know. It, was, it was a good one, too. It was a I lot. Know. It was very fun. A guy with a dad podcast who literally doesn't know. <laughs> I know it's a thing. We can talk about it, but but I'm glad it was good. So you so where so you tell me your thing. You have kids. How old are your kids? Yes. So I have three kids. They are uh, my oldest just turned 12, a girl. And then I have another daughter who will be 10 next week. And and then I have a son who's seven. He'll be eight in August. So you're outnumbered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to a girl who's 12. Yes. Ten. Uh, another girl, 10. Yep. And then the boy's almost eight. And the boy and the boy and the husband. Yes. And my husband. And how long have you guys been been married? Um, oh goodness. I should have written that one down. We have been married for, I think we've been married for 14 years, almost 14 years, Mm -hmm. but, um, we've been together. We were together for like six before that. So yeah, coming up on 20 years. It's been a long haul, Jamie. Long time. Yeah. Okay. And we met in DC actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you, yeah, you have some, we were talking, we have some ties to DC. Now you're in California. So, so give me like the cliff notes, um, where were you? Where were you from? Chicago, you told me. Yes. So I'm from Chicago. The cliff notes, I, I joke with people that I, I got progressively warmer. So I went mm-hmm. Chicago to DC, to North Carolina, to LA, mm-hmm. and I think I'm good now. So, <laughs> um, I, so yes, I'm from Chicago, grew up there, went to undergrad there, loved it. It's still, it's still probably my favorite city. And I have so much pride to be from Chicago, but the weather is terrible still. So, um, <laughs> So yes, I've gotten progressively warmer and um, I won't bore you with the details of my work, but basically I studied math and economics, went to DC, as we talked about, I was an economist there, then went to business school. And that's where I joke that I kind of discovered the internet. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, look, there there might be something to technology, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I kind of went into the corporate tech sector, never an engineer, always on the business side but um, working for large public tech companies. And it was good. It was a good experience. I learned a ton and, you know, kind of became my professional self there, if you will. And then I started having kids and building my family. And then, you know, as so commonly happens, your whole perspective changes on life in a 
totally million mm. different ways. And one of the things that changed for me after I kind of got through, my kids are pretty close in age. So it was a very blurry, you know, five plus years. There. <laughs> I love that. It's very blurry. Yeah. And then, but once you come out of that fog, um, you know, I think for me, like many people, you, you do start to question what am I doing and what's really important to me and, you know, life is short. And at the same time, mm-hmm. I want to make every day count. And oh, now, now there's little people watching me. Right. So. That is so interesting that you describe it that way as like this fog or like I would say fog or trance and then you do come out of it I think we're starting to come out of it and then it's it's exactly right it's like okay now what yeah well and that's why I love what you're doing David with this specifically because you're you are all about I would say like your your core is all about like intention right Mm -hmm. and building relationships but in a thoughtful intentional way yeah and conscious yes conscious exactly and and I you know, for better or worse, I, I don't know that I had that awareness when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And now I'm very grateful that I do because it, it does, it changes everything. And, you know, fortunately we live long these days. So it's like, okay, got a lot of time. Yeah. And it's hard to be conscious in a fog and I'm half joking, but I'm not really because, no. you know, you're sort of, when you're in the trenches, you know, you can't really see that, that uh, label from outside or from when you're inside the bottle, you know, the water you're swimming in. It's so true. And it's, and it's, you know, I joke that it was those five years of like, oh, having the babies, but it, in all honesty, it goes on for a little bit longer than that, because, you know, some people love those early toddler preschool years. I'm really, mm-hmm. I was not one of them. And so like, yeah. for me, th- those were pretty mind numbing years. So then, you know, you get out of the baby <laughs> fog and then you're just, you know, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this my life? Like, is this right. it? Like, is it just pushing on swings and hours at the park and you know like you know that's right. it and, and, and then and I the think some happens. people like oh my god this is my life this is the greatest life and then what happens right. when they grow up and- yes for I mean I think for me that was not so oh my gosh this is awesome right. it was like oh my gosh when does this when do I get over this hump and then you know I did and then you start to be like oh this is pretty awesome actually and now mm-hmm. with that obviously as you know comes this you know really great responsibility that is amazing and also a bit frightening where you're like, oh, wow, I'm responsible for raising humans. Like, yeah, seriously, (laughs) did that come with the manual? Because I'm not sure I'm ready for that. You know, Yeah, no, I saw this comedian once like he said something like having little kids is like basically just constantly saving somebody's life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I don't think it's as much anymore, but um Gosh, we're talking like we're done. My kids are only 11 and 13. No, but that but that's where it becomes really interesting, right? Like the saving their life is like, you know, when you're little, they're like, oh, please don't drown. Like, please right. don't choke. Like, don't like you really you you're literally responsible for their physical lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And then though, you get to these years. And I don't know about you. I'm, I'm so interested to hear about your perspective on your kids. But like, I personally think these are the best years, right? Like we know things are going to get harder again. You know, the, the saying little people, little problems, big people, big problems. So, you know, it's going to get harder, but right now they're kind of in this sweet spot where they're definitely still kids. So they're funny and they're, they have no sensor, yeah. right? So they're like really funny <laughs> and honest, but they're also like, they're humans. Like now they're individuals with their own thoughts and they're a little bit outside of your control all the time. So now you're like, okay, I got to work with another person here that doesn't agree with me all the time. You know, that's, that's the perfect way to describe it. Like the sweet spot. 
Yeah. They're humans, but they're still kids. So it's like, I, yeah. yeah so I, I struggle a little bit about like, all right, I want to give them some freedom, but where should mm-hmm. the boundary be? Yeah. And I have to keep reminding myself because my son particularly is very mature and intelligent that like, mm. he's not my friend, he's my child. Yeah. But sometimes he kind of like, um, can, you know, just talking to him, like have to snap out of it. No, he's a kid. He's a kid. He's because he's really, um, he's smart and he's mature, but he's also sort of not at the same time. Well, he's immature. I mean, by definition, he's a child. His brain is actually not fully developed yet. Right. Right. Yeah. But but yeah, but you know, I want to be like the cool dad. So I have to like push myself to, (laughs) what is it like mean girls, you know, like the Amy Poehler mom character. Yes, (laughs) totally. We always joke about that. Yes. And I mean, I think we all see a lot of parents like that. And no, I'm not like that. I'm just saying like, I I know I, and the thing is, is I think people forget, like, I think you shouldn't be their friend right now. I totally agree. But that doesn't mean you can't also have fun with them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you can have friend moments. It's just like at the end of the day, like, oh no, that's not going to fly with me. Like I'm not actually your friend at the moment. I keep trying to watch movies with them that I watched when I was like, you know, like the nostalgia kind of thing. And I don't know if you had the experience, you're like, holy shit, I, this is in this movie. Like, <laughs> so not only is this inappropriate, it's just wrong. Like I can't believe yeah. that in the nineties, even it wasn't even that long ago, I guess it was that this is the kind of thing that was like appropriate and funny. Totally. It's but then, but then it's I second alien. guess myself because then I'm like, well, I didn't, I clearly didn't pick up on that when I saw the movie the first time. So they're not mm. going to pick up on it. Right. But then you watch as an adult, you're like, what if they do pick up on that? Like, it's so inappropriate. Well, right? well, the culture is just so drastically yeah. and vastly changed yeah. from when I was in middle school to their middle school. You know, I just they just would never I even turned to my like do people do you guys talk like this or like no nobody talks like this no I'm even gonna say what I was watching because some people are gonna be like well, how could you show them this right <laughs> but you know what's the equally as scary is sometimes then I watch a movie that I want to show them and it just it, it just doesn't like stand the test of time like not in oh, an yeah. inappropriate way but just like my God, this is so slow like mm-hmm. what? like can they can they go a little faster and that that right. always scares me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like it wasn't slow when I was a kid. So now like, but it would be slow to my kids and it is. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, we have really sped up, which is <sighs> makes me sad for our society. You've sped you know, up and it's sad. And this is another rabbit hole of like, even trying to get them to watch a show or movie is hard because yeah. you actually have to concentrate and have an attention span and you can't scroll through something really, yeah. really quickly. Yeah, like, totally social media true. has like killed attention spans, whereas... Like, I think now television and movies are like the like getting them to read. It's like read a book, watch the because it's a presence that we don't none of us really have anymore. Yeah. And and that's exactly it. Like we don't either as adults. So Mm, it's like we we can't even model it because we're sucked into that, too. I'm I'm actually finding myself. I'm tweeting as we're having this conversation. And I'm I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. But But it's but you could be. I mean, that's the thing is like you feel like you're not multitasking (laughs) that you're slacking you know exactly no all right so okay so you so you're out of the fog you met where where I don't remember where we were yes so Um, I'm out of the fog so I'm still in corporate tech but I'm like okay you know I've learned a ton and I've met some really interesting people but I'm kind of not loving what I'm doing and 
The other thing that I will say is that, so my husband and I met at this economic consulting firm in DC, right? So we mm. literally like had the same job. And then we both went to business school. We diverged then. So I went the tech route. He went the real estate route. But we were, you know, we were peers in sort of like every sense of the word, right? And our career trajectories were the same. And then we started having kids, the same children, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and yet all of a sudden, I my world was looking very, very different than his was, not mm-hmm. through any fault of his own, right? He was super involved, but just by necessity and by society. I, I know, I know my wife and I have this same conversation, like you're really involved dad and you're this and you're that, but it's just not the same. It's just not. And and, and like I said, it's not a blame game. It's nobody's mm-hmm. fault. It's just, we have a lot of work to do, right? But it was for me, especially, I think I'd always been in pretty male dominated fields and I'd never, I don't want to say I didn't feel it because I certainly was aware of it, but it, it wasn't a hindrance to me right? In ways that I think it has been for other people or could have been, you know, I think part of, I was just very lucky too. But when we started having kids, that's when I was like, oh, wow. Like the the whole game is totally different. Right. And so I became very aware of different things and I became very interested in gender dynamics in general. And so we, so, so that happened. So I'm still doing the corporate stuff. And then I decided to leave. And I was like, I actually, I want to change this. Like I can't, mm. the rhetoric has changed, right? Certainly, you know, at that time, this was, you know, five, six years ago, you had Hillary, like everything was changing, you know, from a, from a rhetoric perspective, we were all talking the right talk yes, and yet things weren't changing. Not at and, all. Right. And then, so, you know, given my background, I obviously kind of started to dig in a little bit and look at statistics and I'm like, no, nothing is changing. Like they're, they're stagnant at best. Right. And it's, it's almost worse because now we know better. So I th- I'm like, oh, I think it's worse too, because people, whether it's men or women, but particularly a, a, a woman who has kids and works full time and has a demanding job is also like, uh, you know, being texted and emailed, totally. all, yes. you know, and, cause everybody should be available all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the nine to five work week was designed for the man, you know, like the, the Mad Men 50s. Totally, man, totally. It, it's not really amenable for anyone right now. I don't think it, it's funny. I so I'm not I'm not great at social media, to be honest with you. But I have a friend who's a very successful entrepreneur. He's a man. And he says the same thing. He, he met his wife at business school. She's also very bright, and very ambitious. And they have two children. And he said, she has to keep up with everything on her end. And right. now she has to have like a perfect Instagram to like showcase this perfect <laughs> life of ours. And he's like, she's driving herself crazy about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I just don't even try on that end. But I'm like, I get it. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. So. So anyways, I end up leaving corporate tech and I wrote my first book on the gender differences um, in business and leadership. And oh, it did was, you? I wasn't aware of this, Jamie. Yes. So it's this called expanding. It's called expanding the conversation. Um, it was, it was a while ago now. So it was mm-hmm. like five years ago now, but um, yeah, it was great. It was, it was very much, like I said, sort of the, the research and then just trying to put it in my voice of being like, guys, like there's something guys and girls not, mm-hmm. guys, you know, metaphorically, like there's something wrong here. Like, I think we're having the wrong conversations. Like, I think we need to bring everybody in and not make this like a men versus women situation, but see, like, I think we have a problem here. And especially in a business perspective, I, my take is that we're missing out on a lot from, um, sidelining so many women. Right. So 
so the point of the of me bringing up the book is actually it was in researching the book that I learned about dads and daughters and the influence there. So I was re- this is not in the book, by the way. This was just part of the research that sort of, you know, mm-hmm. brought the spark, if you will. And it talked about the father-daughter relationship being one of the most influential because, and this goes back to the economics of it, it's the only one that showed statistically significant benefits to both people in the relationship. Yes. So it's, that's a big statement, right? So, okay. So as a former economist and a woman and a mother, okay, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what? Right. like full stop. Like, what are we talking about? Like, you're telling me what about my influence, but actually my husband's is more influential on my daughters. Right. And I was blown away. So of course mm-hmm. I, I go down the rabbit hole and I do all this research now, uh, you know, take this with a grain of salt that of course there's certain studies that are quantified. And these are the studies they're looking at. There is no question that a mother has influence over all of her children. Like I know this, you know this. It's just that the studies aren't studying that because it's kind of so obvious, right? But the studies that were looking at the father-daughter relationship specifically were fascinating because it wasn't just showing, well, it was twofold, right? It was showing that these dads have tremendous influence over the girl's confidence, their resilience, Hmm. right? Their perspective and their grit. And we're going to go into all of this, but also that these girls are changing the lens for their dads. And that one really got me where it was like the statistics and the numbers we're talking about, for example, male CEOs, this was a meta study, okay? International across country, across product, um, across industry, male CEOs that had a daughter, okay? I didn't even say age, didn't even have to be a good relationship, mm-hmm. frankly. It was just having a daughter had statistically significant smaller gender wage gaps in their companies. Okay, So they were bringing it to their company now. They were paying men and women at a more equal level. Fascinating, right? And it goes to judges and lawyers and venture capitalists. Like it, it was very industry specific. There's a lot of studies by industry, but it shows the real change that men having daughter are actually making in their professional lives. And I was like, well, that's that's pretty macro. Like that's a big, that's a big change, you know? It's incredible. I mean, um, just walking around, like, well, actually going back to the movies, when I see, uh, you know, um, teenage girls or women portrayed in yeah. movies, I, when I was a, obviously younger, I used to think of it in terms of my peers sure. or cohorts. <laughs> and now I'm looking at it as a parent and, um, just yes I, I don't I mean just it women, changes your lens right it, it, it really really does yeah. um I'm just thinking I was at a sitting in a Starbucks parking lot because my daughter f- just finished fifth grade and she had I guess kind of a date with <laughs> a boy and she was like you can't come in and they went and they got like a chai tea latte and we're like hanging out and this is like a different topic but i guess if my son was doing the same thing it'd be different i don't know i'm more protective i, I know that might be wrong but i i don't i don't think that that's wrong no? i think that's i think it's necessary to be honest with you i mean this is the world we live in right i think you'd be naive to not be a little bit more protective yeah, right she, my wife's is like this is a double standard why do you want to go in there and and then yeah. i was like i just do but, but I think, I think she's right too. Like yeah. it is a double standard. Mm-hmm. You can recognize that. And I think it's helpful to recognize that and also be like, 
yeah. And guess what? My daughter does not live in the same world that my son lives in. Right. And it's, I'm going to do my part to make it a yes. better world for her so that I can get rid of this double standard. Or okay. At least you're making me feel better because I want to kick some yeah. ass, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think it's so, I think you're right. I really do. I think it's important. Yeah. But just walking around and seeing, I don't know, like young women and it just, I want to, you know, they don't, uh, it makes me uncomfortable when they're, I guess if I didn't have like objects when they're more, when, when they're objectified more than that, that's just one huge example. Like I just think of, I have a daughter, stop objectifying. Yes, totally. I mean, right. And yet, yes. I mean, it's going to, but it also becomes tricky, right. In a couple of years when she's a teenager yes. and she's taking in all of this and she wants to express herself and we mm -hmm. don't know what that's going to look like. And she wants to be fun and cute and she's being taught not by you, but by society that that is that here's some stuff that's available to you to be fun and cute. Right. Like um, this is where it gets really tricky. You're like, Oh God, stop. Right. Stop. Right. You want, want her to express herself, but yeah, I know. And social media and the whole, see, you see, you can, you can sense yeah. like we're starting to enter this. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I don't want to just say it's for her. It's for him too, for, for various things, but no, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I had a, I had a moment, this was a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine has an older daughter who I think she turned like 16 or something like 15 or 16. And the daughter has her own Instagram account and she's a super cute girl. And she posted a picture of like herself on her Instagram, totally appropriate. Nothing, nothing like hypersexualized at uh -huh. all about it. It was just, a, she's a cute girl. Right. And, you know, you know, the, the teenagers today have thousands of followers. I don't even know thousands of people, yeah, but they have I thousands know. of followers, right. Of their quote unquote friends. And so she has, she gets, you know, thousands of likes and hundreds, David, hundreds of comments. And I scrolled through the comments mm -hmm. and I couldn't find one that did not comment on her appearance. Yeah. And everything was, you're so pretty and you're so beautiful. And it's all lovely, right? right. It was all complimentary, but I'm sitting there thinking, well, of course she thinks that this is all her value is like, cause like my friend who had, this is her daughter. She also has a son. He doesn't post pictures of himself on Instagram. He's not seeking that. Mm -hmm. And like, this is why our girls do, because then we have hundreds of comments telling them how cute and pretty they are. Right. No. And it's what I, what was interesting is what I read. I think you were saying in a podcast or maybe was on Alioop and maybe we're jumping ahead that this there's a certain age where these issues arise, which I think is so interesting because that's that's happening with us. Right. My child right now. Like, what is it? What were the ages where like confidence in these things start to or lack thereof or these issues yeah. rise to the surface between what, eight and 11 or, or yeah, it so older, it's, I don't remember. it's between eight and 14. So this is from yeah. the Confidence Code, which is a phenomenal book, by the mm. way. Um, between eight and 14 girls confidence drops like almost 30%, which Jeez. is a huge drop. And 14 is still so young, right? Like that's, what's heartbreaking about it. And, and was this before social media or just yes. Yes. Always, yes. always great points? Yes, mm -hmm. it was, but that statistic came out before social media. So great mm -hmm. points. It could be worse now. Right. It probably is. Right. I mean, I wonder it, why that hard. is. I don't know. But, but it is, it's like clockwork, I guess. It is. It is. And it's, I mean, and it's also tied to the, it's, it's confidence and self-esteem, right. Which are different, but certainly related. And I think, you know, boys go through confidence issues too, right. Mm -hmm. We're all human. We all do. I think 
where it trips up girls specifically is in the appearance, right? Mm-hmm. And the aesthetics, because we tie so much to that. And on this, you know, it's it's hard to put it into words, but this idea that girls need to be perfect, right? Or get mm-hmm. everything right and can't, that's a whole bag of, it's just a Pandora's box, right? Because it's everything from, when you think about being perfect or not failing, it's everything from school and bad grades to trying new things, right? And, you know, kids try new things all the time, right? They should, they should be trying sports and activities and music and art and, you know, finding their way. Mm -hmm. But if they can't try something or don't feel like they can, or God forbid they do, and then stop immediately because they're afraid of that failure, they never get to not only experience whatever it is, that's part of, you know, maturing is sort of finding your own confidence to try. And it's, that's heartbreaking. Actually, I was just going to say that it breaks my heart when, when what's making the decision is like fear or anxiety or self-esteem and lack of confidence. And, and I think I read something else that maybe it was on the website. I was kind of doing like poking around about alley-oop and everything about like, it's okay to tell your child or whatever. Um, You're great. You're beautiful. You don't need to worry about other people, but like, it might not be enough, right? Like, like they're just those words. And I I don't know if you have other suggestions besides just these sort of pep talks that we do. Yeah. I mean, so I obviously have done like a lot of work and research Mm -hmm. and constant still like looking for new tidbits and all that. And, you know, yes, I definitely think we tell our kids they're great. And, um, it's funny. I almost, I was commenting on this to my husband the other day. I was like, sometimes I feel like I don't tell my daughters enough, like how cute they are because I purposely run away from that. Like I don't want, they are cute. They're adorable. Right. But I don't want them to think that. So we just don't comment on it, but this is like a difference between a dad and a daughter, you know, like a dad telling the girl that she's beautiful. Right. It, it means something different coming from him, right? In an obviously non-skeezy way. And it's especially important. Girls, most of us go through those awkward stages, you know, like mm-hmm. where like when you look back, you're like, oh, I was not beautiful in those years, mm-hmm. right? But when you, when there is a, a dad that, or a father figure that thinks that you are beautiful and it's really coming from, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but coming from that inside, it's coming from your energy, yeah, right? that a dad to say your smile lights up my room right Right. is completely different than you look so cute in that outfit you know what i mean there's a total difference right such a great right instead of like because they are they know if you're kind of going through the motions they know it totally (laughs) yeah that's just what you're saying even though you believe it it's just uh, yeah They do. And then, and I'll tell you the other thing that I think is so important, especially for dads to daughters is to not just, you know, applaud them and tell them Mm -hmm. how awesome they are, but to share of your experiences of failing. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, like, I think that dads often forget, or maybe they don't actually, maybe it's the opposite. There's a, this hero reputation, right. Where the dad's the hero to the daughter. And, you know, I would Mm -hmm. imagine you kind of love that because that's awesome. Who doesn't want to be? Yeah. Hero, I'm just kind of wondering right? if that fits with my family. I'm more of like the playful, funny. <laughs> like, but like, you can't do anything wrong. Like you're confident. Like you're right. like, you are who you are. Like you know who you are and yeah, that yeah, 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 they yeah. see that. Do you know what I mean? But like, I'm going to guess you weren't always like there had to be a time where you also felt 
shy or nerdy or uncomfortable, right? Or didn't do something well. Uh, and like, course, yeah. that's really important to share with them too, that you're not good at everything you do, you know? <laughs> well, we, so I'm not like, you know, it should come as no surprise. I'm, I'm not quite the handyman, right? I'm just, <laughs> okay. I try it, like, so if something like needs to be fixed or whatever, e- even the kids, my daughter be like, Hey, this, this needs to be fixed. I was like, cool. And she'll either say, can you call Mike, like our neighbor? <laughs> Cause he can like fix. She's like, well, don't you want me to try? He's like, no, can you call him to fix it? That's like, good. Gonna, That's good. It's, it, it's very funny. But. That's super fun. I'm pretty but it's all, You could be like, yeah, I'll try. If you try with me, like, will you help me? You know what I mean? Like, or let's learn from our neighbor together. I don't know. You know? Yeah. You know, You're like, no, we'll have our own <laughs> talents. In the past, you know, I've electrocuted myself, I've injured <laughs> myself. We've had to call people to fix what I've done. So I think it's sort of like a joint family decision. Like, we're good, dude. It's cool. You have other I talents. Love that. But mm-hmm. look at how look at how you're okay. So you're acknowledging this is not yeah. my strong suit. And you're doing it not just with grace, but with humor, right? Oh, this is this is very like Seinfeldian, Larry yes, David. But, but like what that does is that gives them permission oh, yeah. to say right to their own stuff. Like, oh, I don't know how to jump rope. Look at me. I'm, you know, crazy. Right. And they can do it without getting so down on themselves. We are a know? very humor based family. So that's, awesome. that, that's what I that's what, one of the main things I bring to the table, you know, I think <laughs> among, that's, that's great. Among, yeah. among other things. Yeah, no, what you're saying is so relevant to me right yeah. now. I'm just like, I don't even know where to go. It's so, there's so much. It's so, um, it's so important too. I love, I love the idea. And I didn't, I didn't realize, I wasn't aware of that. You do always hear about like the father-daughter relationship and yeah. daddy's little girl and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't know there was research that was like, no, this is like more impactful than there is. And it's like what I think what really interested me is like, I, I mean, I have a great relationship with my dad. I've always known of the impact here too, but I'll, I'll tell you, uh, this is a very um, impactful story, I think. So my husband had grew up with two older sisters, right? And I'm a fairly progressive mom and he's married to me. So like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's around, he's been around women, right? That are pretty, you know, yeah. advanced and on this topic, like in his ear, right? But he's from Boston and he's, he's I would say he's fairly traditional in some yeah. ways. Boston is traditional, isn't it? He's, yes, it is <laughs> traditional. And he grew up in some traditional ways. And, you know, definitely, always kind of knew the right things to say, but kind of had to not make himself say it, but Mm. was, you know, in a good way, was conscious of saying the right things, um, but not necessarily always getting it per se, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we started having kids and we have our our daughters and everything changed, David. And I will tell you, there was a a moment, I'll tell you two stories. They're actually both related to basketball. (laughs) That's okay. So- The, the first one was my oldest, so, you know, your oldest obviously has a big impact, right? Because it's the first time you're going through everything. Absolutely. So, so my oldest daughter, she was so young. She was probably like, she was probably seven or eight, like right at that age. And she was playing basketball. My husband loves basketball too. He played and they, she, you know, they're playing in a rec league or something and they didn't do an uh, back backcourt call, right? So it's, it's a pretty nuanced call. Yeah. It's not like traveling. It's something you kind of have to learn. It's not an intuitive call. And the refs didn't call it. And my husband kind of went crazy. And, and I was like, dude, it's okay. Like she's seven, you know what I mean? Like she'll learn it. Right. 
And he said, no, it's not okay because they are making that call in the boys leagues. And so they're going to be ahead. She needs to have that same fairness. Like she needs to also be taught that if she's going to have a chance of playing when she's older too. Mm -hmm. And that was a lightning bolt moment for me where I was like, oh, okay. He sees that he gets that. Right. Yeah. He's he's a raging feminist and he knows the rules. (laughs) And, and I would say he's absolutely right. Yeah. Yes. And so, but, but it was the first time where he was like, oh, wait a second. The playing field is not level from Mm -hmm. a pretty early age. We have to change that. Right. So you, so you really got the impression that these referees were treating them differently. Yes. And unintentionally, like the refs were great and super nice, but like, it was like, oh, like, it's okay, honey. Like you're doing basketball. Like that's great. Mm -hmm. Whereas they were teaching the boys, the rules, right? Like they were still complimentary and sweet. They were still young boys, but they were teaching the boys, the rules where they were, you know, watching the girls on the sidelines kind of thing. Right. And that's not fair. And so then, Okay. And then, so then I'll tell you another unrelated story, but this, this is one of my favorites because it just so perfectly illustrates the influence. So fast forward, this is a couple of years later, again, same daughter still plays basketball and she had a great game one day. She comes home. She's, you know, high as a kite. She couldn't be so happy. She's like on cloud nine with herself. Right. And she's like, I was awesome. Did you see me? I was amazing. Right. And I said to her, yeah, you were great, but take it down a level girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've got teammates, like this wasn't all you, you know? And, and I'm telling her to kind of quiet the boasting, if you will. Right. My husband walks in the door and he goes, you are a rock star. You were amazing. You're the next Michael Jordan. I mean, he was like pushing her back up on cloud nine. (laughs) Right. And in that moment, I actually learned something because I was like, I am a woman. I have been taught my whole life to be quiet and to temper my accomplishments and to be awesome, but to take it down a level so that I don't make other people uncomfortable. Right. And he had never been taught that. Right. So he walked in and he's like, you're the bomb girlfriend. (laughs) you know. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, let's do it your way. Let's teach her your way. Right. And That was a huge moment for me of like what a dad can teach a daughter that a mom sometimes can't. And and, and it's like, what's crazy about that is like, I don't know your age, but you're not by any stretch of the imagination old. You have young kids. And like, even when you were growing up, that's how much things have changed. Yes. Or how much, how long this has been going on. (laughs) But it's a huge thing because, you know, people often say to me, I have a lot of girlfriends that say to me, Mm -hmm. like, don't you think moms have a huge role? And I was like, unquestionably, I think we have an enormous role with our girls. Like we are their first role model, right? Like we are them, like they're looking Mm -hmm. at us. And I said, I think the dads though have a different perspective to bring to the table because they didn't grow up the way that we did. They don't take 45 minutes to get ready in the morning, even though I know I shouldn't, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like I do, like my husband does not. So like, he's, he's not interested in that. He's like, come on, let's go. Right. Like with our daughters. And he, you just, you bring a different perspective. And that's where, especially when it comes to confidence, I want her, I want both my daughters to swagger the way that my husband does. Right. I, I joke and I'm like, Oh, if we could raise all children to have the confidence of a middle-aged white man, I am telling you, <laughs> this would be a better place. Right. Be like the middle-aged white man. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's a privilege. Kind of that's a that. confidence that I want them all to have, you know? Yeah. I'm even thinking about like body shame. 
you know, when I was 10 or 12 or 15, like, I don't, I can't remember like thinking, I mean, I was always like a little husky, a little chunky, a little, but not, but I don't remember like being worried about how I looked in shorts or anything Mm -hmm. or like my child does. And she's not by any stretch of the imagination heavy. And it's, I don't, it's so interesting. Like I never, I mean, I'm saying um, kids and men, have that i'm sure they do have body shame i'm not saying they don't and i want to yes. acknowledge that it, it exists but but not in the same way or at least they don't. at least i didn't experience it that way you know i read something i so I, I didn't experience this in the same way either but i read something maybe six months ago or something that was a statistic that said that by 10 years old 81 percent of girls are concerned with being fat I and it. i i just I just, that one really got me to the core. Cause I was like 10, 10, they're babies. Like they're babies still, you know? And when you think about what's ahead of them, if that's what they're feeling at that point, it's just, we, we need to do more, you know? Yeah. You're killing me. Yeah, it is. That <laughs> one's a really hard one, but it's, it is, it's all of it. And it's, you know, it's picking yourself up. It's not caring what other people think it's, there's just, there's a place for, for dads in this. And, you know, I, I always say people are like, oh, like, what if, what if the parents are divorced? What if the dad doesn't live with them? What if there's mm-hmm. a stepdad? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like yeah. they don't have to be the real dad. It can be an uncle. It can be the mom's best friend. It can be the coach, the teacher, whoever it is. There is a enormous role though, for these men to play in these girls' lives. And I will tell you one other thing, David, because we're talking, you know, both of us kind of have these middle school aged kids uh-huh. and which is great. And it's when it's all obviously starting. Right. But I do think that a lot of men, like you said, you're the fun, you're the fun dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're awesome at having fun and, you know, bringing some levity and making it funny. And I think that's so important. And as you're probably seeing or soon will, like sometimes girls, we take on a little bit more of a dramatic flair when we <laughs> enter the middle and high school years, which is totally normal. We have a lot of emotions, which is really good. Right. And we're in our heads a lot. And I do think that sometimes dads, then they get not turned off. That's the wrong word, but they get scared off of the harder mm-hmm. conversations. And they're like, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. Right. right? Like, like, how, how do I penetrate this weird thing? Yeah. Don't like, it's not like it used to be. I can't just like do something ridiculous. And- yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you, you get frustrated and sometimes it's just like, I don't know what to say. So I don't want to say anything because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I'm just going to let her mom deal with that topic. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, as moms, we do this, we're, we're great at it also, but also the dads should talk about the big topics because they, they do want to hear from you. You know, even if you don't have the answers, they want to know that like, okay, I'm going to figure it out with you. Right. Like yeah. I'm a sounding board. Right. Well, I think that's, that's the thing, the sounding board I'm learning, not just in as a parent, but as a spouse that so I'm an attorney by trade. So we, yeah. we, we, we are trained to fix yeah. Here's a problem. Here's what you got to do, sir. Here's what you do. Advise, fix, counsel, telling people what to do all day. And it, I, I'm, I'm learning not to fix. You know what I loved? I, I was listening to one of your podcasts with um, Ruth, I think was her name, that she does like the adulting classes. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought she was great. And she had mentioned um, the book, The Seven Habits of Highly mm-hmm. Effective People, which I know is old school, but I actually have never read it. I'm just reading mm-hmm. it now. I'm like three quarters of the way in, but I mean, I've really never read it, which is crazy. But I'm learning so much from that book too. And there's a whole piece of it where they talk about something similar. And they oh, yeah. said, you know, you're, you're saying it from an attorney perspective, but I think all of us as adults tend to like advise right <laughs> like yeah right like you're looking for like oh this is a teachable moment right like i'm gonna put my profound wisdom on this child right or or even like this pressure like i have to say something i'm the yes, parent i need yes. to do something rather than just like give it space right that's exact <laughs> yes give it space that is mm-hmm. so perfectly put where it's giving them space and just sometimes just letting them talk and they mm-hmm. will they'll, they'll get there, you know, like they will tell you how they're feeling if you do give it space. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, just you're, you're like trying to be the container, right. Hold the container for the processing because you know, if you're upset, maybe you want your friend or spouse to fix it or you ask them for advice. But I think most of the time you're just wanting to express something and someone to be seen and hold the space. I know um, holding space is a very popular yeah. term these days among no but I think it's it's right yeah mm. and sometimes I mean I even do this as an adult sometimes you just want to talk it out loud because it helps mm-hmm. you kind of process and I think kids are the same way you know yeah it's really hard for me like at, you me know it's <laughs> just like I'm like all right don't say anything just nod and listen and <laughs> you know you don't have to shut the fuck up just don't <laughs> Like I have I'm the like... exact same way. And sometimes their stories are also very long. So like, <laughs> there are definitely times where I'm just like, oh my God, is she still talking about this? <laughs> right? Like, right. And you have to like, almost like physically be like, I'm listening. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then almost play like that old, not, I'm not the, their therapist, but you know how sometimes therapists like they're portrayed in movies is just listening and like, and all they'll say is, well, what do you think about right. that? Like, I have to force myself to be like, hmm, well, how is that for you? Right. Which is completely <laughs> unnatural. Because what I want to say is, she said, what? I'm going to, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I've, I've learned recently to do more, especially with my, my oldest, is to kind of just say, like, do you just want a hug? Like, that sucks. Aww. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, like that. I can understand how that hurt your feelings or I can understand how that was scary. Like, I don't, I want to, I personally inside want to mm-hmm. go beat up this other person, but mm-hmm. like, I know that that's not the right answer. So I'm not even going to put that out there. I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm just, it sucks that you went through that. You know? Sometimes we ask them, would you like us to intervene? Would you like us to contact <laughs> the great. school or send this email? Yeah. Do you think that would help? And like my son will be like, not yet. Let's try this. And if it doesn't work, yeah, we're going to need, you know, we'll, we'll bring in the big. That's dog, fantastic. You know? Yeah. That's because really he knows great. we can bring the heat if need be. Yeah. And sometimes let's be honest, sometimes you need to. I mean, that's yeah. why they're kids and we're adults. Right. But I think it's awesome that you're bringing him into that conversation, too. That's really. Yeah, great. I have, you know, historically, I'm pretty. I seem like a nice guy, but if someone <laughs> pisses me off, like my kids, I can it. bring yeah. it. And my wife is like, don't, don't yet. Don't, we're not going to yeah. go there because I can, you know, if, if need yeah. be, we should talk about alley-oop. Uh, 
Yes. I mean, we are sort of <laughs> dancing around it. But. Yes, 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 I, of course. So alley-oop, yes. So that's where, so when I, oh my gosh, longest story ever, speaking of. Mm-hmm. So when I read that in the book, um, it just, and when I was doing the research for the book. It, Thank you for it, listening, yes. by the way, to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, the found that it, it interested me. And so I was like, huh, like, so there's really something important with this dads and daughters relationship. And then I kind of got curious, like why there isn't anything addressing it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if this, if this connection is so powerful and it, like I said, it really blew me away. Why isn't there anything sort of doing anything for Mm -hmm. that and championing it and cultivating it? And so um, I ended up meeting this gentleman from MIT's media lab. Um, he helps me create an app. It was an app originally that delivered different interactive challenges and activities for dads and daughters to do together. And that was awesome. We have so many amazing challenges. It was great. We launched it right before the pandemic, um, which was a nightmare. But then we grew pretty quickly to about 1,500 members, which is awesome. And that one, I, I would say the app was a little bit more geared towards younger. So I would say like six to, I don't know, 12 or 13, maybe. Um, and it was great. Like I said, so many challenges and activities that were kind of through the lens. They were all fun. So none, I, I get bored as a parent. So I need things yeah. to not be boring. So, um, so they were fun, but also through the lens of perspective and empathy and physicality. You know, there's a great reminder of as an adult, we can do things that our kids cannot. And it's important for our kids to know that and for us to understand that and for them to see that they can do things we can't, you know, which is important. So are these like prompts like on an both. So there, so there, some of them are challenges where it's like, they could be physical challenges, like, um, like an obstacle course, right? Like a create your own obstacle course. Some of them are, um, more, uh, creative. So it'd be Mm -hmm. like creating your own commercial and we give, you know, sort of the outline, the structure for the challenge, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then some of them are strategic, not strategic, more thoughtful. And those, you know, we have our, our famous chit chats they're called. And those, like you said, are more prompts where we have different questions. Some are directed towards the dad, some are directed towards the daughter, some towards both. Some of them are, most of them are more open-ended and so kind of create like an open-ended dialogue, which is so great. Others are more like a would you rather, right? It's oh like pick God. this or that. <laughs> I was just going to mention that because it kind yeah. of reminded me of that. Because that is a, uh, do, do your kids still do Love that? Them. Love them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because our would you rathers get a little crazy. And they should, right? It's yeah. part of the fun, you know, like. But sometimes they're really hard. Like, would you rather never drink coffee again? Because I love coffee uh-huh. or divorce, you know, my wife. And I'm like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> like, let me think about that. I'm just kidding. They are tricky. like, they ask me like, it's like, what? Do I have to choose? It's like, but fine, so, I'll choose my wife. It, but it's funny. They're very revealing too, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they're simple ones. Like we, like, this is not a would you rather, but an easy question is like, you know, if we were going to go to um, the Bahamas and I said, you could bring three of your closest friends, right? Who would you bring? Right. So mm-hmm. I, I know for every single one of my kids, what they do. My husband doesn't always know that because it's a revolving door sometimes of friends. Right. So that gives him insight into their friends. But also mm-hmm. what I find is that the kids tend to go further. Well, Normally I would invite Jenny, but she doesn't like going to the beach. So she would not like the Bahamas, uh, right? <laughs> which is interesting. And then you see them start to think yeah. of other things, which is it fun. just spins out into these other things it and does. they get to learn a lot. It does. So so that's so we have all this content with the challenges, which is awesome. 
We actually shut down the app though, about uh, almost a year ago now. And we're like, okay, we need to figure out what's here. Cause we had a really, we had so many interested and engaged people but we weren't able to sustain the app. It was honestly, it was just a lot of work from a tech yeah, and side. I guess there was no way to monetize or you can. That was the problem. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm like, we're working too hard on this if we can't monetize it. So what's next? So we are like, you know, at first I was like, all right, maybe there's just nothing here. And we put a pause in it, honestly, mm-hmm. for a good like eight months. And then I came back and I just wrote like a simple newsletter and the the engagement, David, I can't even tell you, it was so lovely to have so many people reaching out being like, great, you're back. And we even had people during the eight months that wow. were reaching out being like, what's next? Like they, they, they want something oh, for wow. this. They don't know what they want. We don't know what they want. So we're still kind of in so that. You had like a couple thousand really early adopters. Yes. Yes. And now we're getting, now we have, you know, an Instagram feed that's tripled in the last mm-hmm. like three months. Um, and it's, people are engaged in a different way. So now where we're going with it, we had talked about this a little bit, we're figuring it out. Like I'm fully mm-hmm. transparent. We're still, we're still yeah. working on it. We're leaning up a little bit more. So we're gonna, we're trying to put out two different books of the challenges so that people can still have the content for the younger kids. But now we really want to focus on that middle school and high school range too, where we think, um, stakes are higher and the dads can be even more influential and you know, you're running out of time. I mean, not in a bad way, but these kids are going to be out of the house soon. And, but, but in the the years, like we talked about, they're going to get harder. Right. So we want everyone playing now. So we want like, it's the whole point of this is to level the playing field. Right. And I, I truthfully, and again, I'm saying this as a, as a woman, as a mother, I don't think we get there without these men on board, without these dads and teachers and coaches. So I want them involved and I want brands involved and I want sports involved and I want all these people involved to champion this relationship and say, this is really important, right? It reminds me, um, it wasn't specifically related to dads, but it was girls, young girls empowerment is, have you heard of girls on the run? Yes, I love it. One so of my, my favorite organizations. Yeah, my daughter yes. did that. And I thought like, what a brilliant, brilliant. beautiful thing. To, it's amazing. It's amazing. It mm-hmm. reminds it me of, of some, like I could imagine it morphing into something like that or the part of something. I thought it was, I remember she had to wake up and she had to go to practice. Yes. And it it's was amazing. just, it was so cool. So I love that. And obviously we're a very sporty, mm. like physical family. Mm. So like, I think there's so much confidence taught through activity yeah. as well. My, it's interesting that you say girls on the run. The one that I always have my eye on, I'll, I'll be honest here is YPO. Are you familiar with YPO? Mm-hmm. No. So YPO is young professionals organization. It is for uh, adults, um, for entrepreneurs or owners of businesses or business leaders, like presidents of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a minimum requirement. So these people are very successful. It's uh, it's unquestionably largely men, which is not surprising. It's problematic for me, to be honest with you. And I'm like, I want to change that. And okay, we've got all these men. A lot of them are dads, right? And a lot of them have daughters. So I want to hold them yeah. responsible for changing it. So I want... I want these organizations, again, these businesses, media, sports, entertainment, I want them to come in and start looking at these girls, especially in these teenage years, and say, what do we do? What are we not doing right? How do we get your voices amplified and help you because you're the generation that's going to change it? 
that's that's where I want to go with that. That's great. Yeah. Like so, if I I saw the website, and so mm-hmm. if I were so I would if I were to like sign up. Yeah. So it's free. News, so signing up is free. free. Yep, you're just part of the community, and we mm-hmm. just keep you abreast. So in the next twelve months, we have a lot of things planned. We're planning uh-huh. our first. Uh-huh. Well, we had a live event before the pandemic with the younger kids. That was awesome. We're doing an event with the older girls now and their dads. So it's going to be a two-day event, just dads and daughters. So it is a real investment in that relationship where it's like Mm -hmm. two days, like we're going to have a lot of fun and it's going to be pretty transformative. And this is in LA? So it's not finalized yet, but I think it's going to be in Colorado, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're right. Cause then some, you can pull from both sides of the country. Yeah. And we're going to have some pretty amazing speakers and sponsors mm-hmm. and it's not going to be all talk cause that's fun, but yeah. you know, I'm kind of get antsy with that. So there's going to be, a, we have some pretty awesome activities, um, uh, getting, uh, sped up too, which is, it's fun. Like, yeah, it's, is, and it's again for the dads and the daughters together. And I think it's that is exciting. Special. And then they get to travel, yeah. you know, yes. and... but to your, to going back to your stuff, it's not easy. Like it's not in people's backyards. Most people, right? Like it is, it's going to be intentional. Like people are going to have to make the time. Like I'm going to take two days and I'm going to go do this with my daughter. This is for us, you know? And I think it's, it's going to be also like kind of a bummer. Like these things, like, you know, relationships with your daughter, not, like people, we live in a world where, you know, we don't value teachers and firefighters and, you know, things that are, bring joy i mean i'm not saying we it's hard to monetize something like that it is yes it's hard you know things in america that don't make money let's let's talk straight you know aren't valued yeah and it's a really good point and i I actually appreciate you saying that because i think it took me off the path for a little while to be Mm -hmm. honest i think i was like i knew there was something there i could see the way people responding and it was making a difference for these people and yet i was like I'm not making enough money. I'm not monetizing. There's nothing here. And I, it was sad. Like I, I I stopped it. Right. And I came back because I was like, no, there's something here. Like, I don't know what it is yet, (laughs) but it's something. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to put in the time to get there. You know, there is something there. And I think, you know, keep going, please. It's really cool. And and I'm really excited to have this conversation. It just goes back to even when I started my podcast Mm -hmm. and when I was so, you know, yes, people pay lawyers because they need help. But I was explaining this other lawyer friend of mine that, you know, what I'm really interested in is, you know, and I was explaining him, you know, this thing about coaching and authenticity. And he goes, do you think anybody will pay for that? And before I had a chance to answer, he goes, I don't think so. (laughs) And just shut the whole thing down. And I was like, what a... And I think that's the mindset with a lot of people, unfortunately. I do, but I, I also think, I mean, maybe this is me being too optimistic but or naive, but if there's a silver lining to come out of this pandemic, I think it's that people have changed. Like a lot of people have changed and I think they want to live their lives differently. Yes. You know, I, I really do believe that. And Everything's up for grabs. And what I, I, I disagree with him, by the way, I think people have paid for it and they will. Yes. And, and so I think he's totally wrong, but I just think, unfortunately, um, why doesn't it exist? Because maybe there's no was, easy path. There's right. no easy path to money. Yes. Yeah, because no one has had the, you know, the energy and the passion like you mm. to, to do it before. But now, yeah. And, and, and same thing, same thing with your coaching. Like 
you don't know where it's all going to lead, right? Like you don't, you don't even know the people you're coaching until they come to you. So everyone is an unread story in that regard. And what happens, like what unfolds from that? It's kind of inspiring to think about where it could go, right? I think you're right. I mean, the pandemic has changed the game. I think I because yeah. we live in a world where everything is a niche, where it's, mm-hmm. I mean, there are, since I've like entered this sort of coaching world, Insta- I mean, there are groups for, you know, female entrepreneurs who focus in underwater basket weaving from ages 18 <laughs> to 27. I mean, there are groups of so niches nice. of niches that you don't even, and some of them are like, crushing it like sold out like you can't get into yeah. these groups they're they're full so dad or a father-daughter relation i mean i think it's cute i mean it's just amazing the there's these micro communities i guess all over the place that it i is. wasn't aware of and people are making monetizing things and doing great work I'm, I'm but you know what's so beautiful money but right want- but, but no but it's but it's not just money it's <laughs> opportunity right and so i think like at the crux of what you're talking about the reason why i think the dad and daughter thing is special mm-hmm. is the dad and daughter thing is actually prolific, right? Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a significant relationship that many, many people are part of so they can relate and it brings a genuine joy on both yeah. sides that is palpable, right? Like you can see it. Like when you uh, really, it's a different I can feeling. see you and your, how you, you feel about it. And your, it's, a, and... it's a different feeling, right? But, but the other thing that's fascinating about it in it, that it being different genders and different generations, right? So both of those means that you are now collaborating yeah. with so many different perspectives. So like, you're, yes, we're talking about money and monetizing, but it's really about creation, right? Like oh, yeah. what is being created? You're underwater female entrepreneur micro <laughs> weaving <laughs> niche, right? Like the, no one even knew those words before, right? Like, anyway, who I, mean, knows I, I made that up, but that. I'm sure it exists. <laughs> right. And you know, what's going to happen is that maybe one of those, maybe a girl becomes interested in that. And her dad is, yeah. you know, in making NFTs and all of a sudden, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right. I mean, obviously I'm making this up, but I'm saying like, you're now combining interests and perspective and generations and genders. And it's, yeah. this is what, oh, look this how is excited. what blows it all open. You know, I love how excited you are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a community building. And yes. I, I thought I had this great idea. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. It's it's not going to just be about parenting, but like sort of like a lens from a from a dad trying to be, yeah. as you said, conscious or present, yeah. whatever you authentic is a word that's probably thrown around too much. It's also a little bit of play on words like authentic dad, because I have like these dad vibes anyway. And I was like, there's probably not a lot of like this. Oh my God. Do you know my dad podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a whole dad world. There's a guy I interviewed. I haven't put it out yet. He wrote a book about being a stay-at-home dad. He's been all like t- the Today Show. He's like the, the stay-at-home dad guru. He makes a living doing this. There are, there's like a whole world upon world of this. And mm-hmm. so I... I don't know where I'm going with that. I encourage you. I just, I just, I couldn't believe how many dad podcasts there were. I was like, Jesus. But that's a testament. Like when we talked at the beginning about the rhetoric has changed, but the Mm -hmm. statistics have not, I should be specific in that they haven't in terms of gender dynamics for women, right? Dads have changed. And I truly believe this, like the generations have changed and I think it's continuing to, and it's certainly not at its stop yet. Right. Like I think, it's, you know, society does the same thing to you that they do to women in a different way, right? They, they market everything to me as the mom, right? And- Oh, oh yeah. 
they leave I, you out of everything, right? <laughs> like my, my wife, my wife's boss said to her when, like, like when he didn't know me as well, like, didn't think I had a job. She, he, she's what? What is he like? A house husband? And he because I like I cook dinner. Yeah. And I like get the great, he's like, what does what he does not work? Why is, why can't a man work and cook? Mm -hmm. It was like, he called yeah. me a house husband, yeah. which is, I don't even know what that means. And I don't, I think it's, he did it in sort of like a negative, like connotation, which I would love to be a house husband, but I, I, don't, I just, <laughs> but I, I, I'm not, but you know, <laughs> right. like, I thought it was no, like sort of this, yeah, the reverse. expectations have changed and yeah, he's that, older. you know, yeah, your life is going to get harder, no question. Like men's lives will get harder, but they also be get better. And it's men saying, no, like I'm, I'm doing, I'm not doing more. Like I'm doing what I should be doing. Like I'm right. part of this game too. My, my husband. Oh, you and my wife would love each other. Yes. She says this all the time. My, my husband. So we have, you know, the three kids and my husband will spend like, if he'll take them out to breakfast one day, like on a Saturday mm -hmm. or something, right? So he takes them out to breakfast and he'll come home this still to this day without fail. He says he is incapable of doing that, whether it's a restaurant or the grocery store, without getting at least one comment of, you're so good, oh, yeah. right? You're so amazing. What a great all that. guy. He took care right? of his kids. <laughs> yeah. And my husband, he now verbalizes that. And he's like, my wife does this a thousand times and gets zero comments. Like, I'm just being a dad. Like, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, we're all just doing our thing, right? When my wife goes out of town for work, people used to say, well, who's taking care of the kids? Like, mm -hmm. my husband. <laughs> right. I have a husband. They're like, oh, right, yeah. right, right. But it's a disservice to men, too. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, because then what it does is it puts you in the buffoon category, right? Yeah. And that's going back to our girls. It's like, well, if you're in the buffoon category, then of course you're not going to be taken seriously when it comes time for a real conversation about, teaching these girls real stuff and like that is something that is a disservice to you and a shame for them because they they need that they like there's a lot to be gained here you know and to be fair you know there's a little buffoonery on. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to the funny <laughs> yeah. I know. But that's good i'm just saying let's not go homer simpson on it yeah you know? <laughs> oh god right 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 yeah so i'm pretty excited and yeah i think so i mean so yeah so thank you like You're check community out builder. yeah yeah and be like we're just growing the community together like we're we're very open and eager for kind of all hands on deck you know what i mean like all ideas yeah i mean the last little anecdote um i'll say and i'll let you go like they're on facebook there are all these like sort of dad groups that i yeah. started joining more because I'm like, all right, if this is like a niche, a thing, I'm gonna have a podcast. Let me let me see what this these communities are about. And somebody will post, it could literally be anything from what do you think of this lawnmower to needing marital advice. And it'll get like a thousand comments. Mm -hmm. Th these that they're very, very active. It's a it's yeah. it's I was like, wow, I didn't realize that there were so many and they're not like guys just talking about sports and lawnmowers it's like no. you know my wife said you know, it's just like asking for relationship advice and all this kind of stuff yeah. which i thought was really cool it is i mean i think guys want to have deeper connections period right yeah. it's like i think we all do it's again it's what you talked about it's like this is what life is about is the relationships like that right but yes yes i think yes. so i i think so too and i i do think with the dads and the daughters is especially um, it's influential and it's, it's just powerful. It's very powerful. And I want to, 
Leverage and you, <laughs> I just can sense your enthusiasm and energy. And I wish I'm not going to post the video, but if people saw that you're so you got you're so excited. I love it. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so I am. Yes. Keep it up. And thank you so much for finding me. And um, of course, we'll put everything in the show notes and, and keep going on podcasts. And you're thank you. I appreciate it. Really. You're, you're, thank you're, you for going, having me. You're going for it. You, you've, I've seen you've done a couple, but yeah. Because you never know, like people like randomly be like, I listened to this and then I, it it actually works. It gets the word out and it's to the whole world and you can listen to it anytime. So thank you. I appreciate it. Podcaster. All right. Well, have a great one. Thank you. You too. Have a, enjoy the summer. You doing anything else uh, today? Because it's pretty early there. You're going to the beach or you got to go to work. Um, Not the beach. Got some work and then can't pick up, you know, all that. Yeah. Why isn't your husband picking them up? Right. <laughs> he actually is. He's picking up one of them I now. Actually. I know. I <laughs> yes. know. All right. Have a good one. Cool. Thanks, Great David. Meeting you. See you. You too.